Holy mashed potatoes, Flight Checkers. It is season 1.5, episode 6 of Flight Check, and we're back with another episode of Flight Check International. Semis are over. There is only one best of five standing between us and the offseason, and a long, cold two months without Professional League of Legends. I'm trying not to think about it, uh, but to my left and my extra left, also trying not to think about that, are my fellow hosts, Nox War and Curly Double Q. Fellas, uh, how are we doing? Uh, Nox, I know you didn't get to watch a lot of semis, but, uh, how was your weekend? I know, uh, little, a little partying action going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, did manage to catch all the T1 damn one series, which... Honestly, it was the better one anyway, so that's all we need to really chat about. And then, uh, yes, there was some definite Halloween partying going on <laughs> Saturday night, which was probably the reason why I missed most of the Sunday series, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> that's great. Curly, I hear, uh, or I know, that you pulled off a very convincing uh, Red Foo uh, look I, this past week. I absolutely did. It was uh, it was actually my manager's idea at the bar. Uh, like back in September, he's like, "You got to be the guy from LMFAO. You got to be the guy from LMFAO." And then like second week of October, he's like, first he sends me a picture of just a UPS um, or USPS uh, package, and he's like, "The first mm. part of your costume is here." I'm like, "What?" And I show up, and it's those glasses, and I was like, "All right, well, I guess I got to do the rest now." um it was very good it was it, you like i said you saw it um it's also in my discord i dropped it i think yesterday um i didn't drop it in FlyQuest discord though for some reason Maybe. i didn't drop my costume in FlyQuest discord either i also well, we'll, did not drop my costume in the FlyQuest discord and we'll I, see if yeah we'll, we'll see, see if where the they, is uh, there. we'll see if they end up anywhere but yeah, no. For, same for me though. From uh, for different reasons, I also was too tired to watch day two live. Um, however, because I was bartending, not mm. because I was drinking. <laughs> fun, but not in the fun way, right? Part actually, are you kidding me? No, it was so fun because it was like a whole Halloween party thing. Everyone brought out their best costumes. Um, when Party Rock Anthem came on, I was vibing. Like, do you know how hard it is <laughs> to try and make drinks and dance at the same time? Because I was like, it oh, I've got to. I'm ready to. It seem easy. No. It was not. No, it was so hard. So I was like, all right, we got to stop this. We got to just get <laughs> back to making drinks. But holy heck, man. Uh, it was still a fun time. And then, like, yeah. every time someone realized who I was, it was so funny. That's great. It's great. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it did feel like. Uh... It did feel like most people in my area did all their fun partying stuff on Saturday night and used Sunday as the as the recovery day. Uh, it felt like Absolutely. the only people out Sunday night were just the kids uh, with mm -hmm. their folks, and uh, everyone else uh, had their fun uh, the night before. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. That is the uh, same case here. I feel. I feel like that's just the move. Yeah, that's, that's just probably the way to do it, honestly. It probably is the move. <laughs> well, that was the move for uh, most of America. Uh, the rest of the world, though, got to watch uh, some fantastic best of fives uh, this past weekend. Uh, and they were awake uh, for Sunday's best of five as well. Uh, rather than the rest of us who were all 
sleeping in and uh, taking advantage of the of the day. Uh, so let's get into semifinals. We'll start with uh, Dom Juan versus T1. Uh, probably the, I would say, more anticipated semifinal uh, of the two. Um, and I feel like this one was, ended up being a little bit closer uh, than people expected. I do, I think people did expect uh, T1 to at least give Dom one a run for their money, maybe take a game off, make it close. But uh, I believe at one point T1 was 2-1 uh, up in the series. They were on, they were on match point. Um, so, I mean, Curly, I mean, this series, a lot of fun, uh, you know, oh, yeah. basically, uh, an LCK final, but with even more stakes. Um, Absolutely. I mean, you know, what were your general impressions of the whole thing? Well, as, uh, someone who picked a T132 in FlyQuest Pick'ems and very last minute remembered to change their Pick'ems for, uh, Mm. esports to t1 brilliant um i was very impressed with like how t1 did show up like i expected them to especially like those games two and three were the ones that they won they were like just kind of dominating the whole time and it was you can tell i'm gonna be honest these are very even teams for the most part damon just seems to have that little bit of edge they seem to be a bit better at learning their opponents um especially in game five uh i think a big thing for t1 is they got a little stale in their drafts they didn't mix things up enough <clears throat> like they what was it three times they gave uh faker rise maybe four it's like all right um it worked once or twice but let's switch it up now shall we you know <laughs> but <clears throat> it was a uh, it was still very impressive to watch and then especially because i was like slowly waking up for it all like i didn't process what had happened until game three like i watched games one and two but by game three i was actually awake and i'm like wow wait this is some cool shit um i think though big things for showmaker uh that quote of if i would be so bold i'd like to just be known as showmaker um this is the first <laughs> stepping stone this is the first stepping stone so very mm -hmm. intense very Absolutely. intense match yeah Knox. i mean yeah your thoughts uh on on this series uh, a, a lot of this for me, like you, you guys know how T1 versus HLE was really just a faker making sure Chovy could not do anything. That's just all the series was. This, this series kind of felt like basically Faker found his match, but like neither side was winning or losing. And so it kind of defaulted to the side lanes, in which case Damwon just had better side lanes and a slightly better jungler, right? In which case, don't get me wrong, the, the, the rookies from T1 put up a hell of a fight. They played smart in a lot of different areas, but over time, kind of like how Curly was saying, the draft got a little bit stale here and there, and then over time, Damwon continued to just adapt a little bit, level a little bit, and it was... I love that series because it showed just how good Faker still is, but also just how damn good Showmaker is, and it really just came down to the rest of the team. And at the end of the day, that Damwon squad is still just slightly better than what Faker has surrounding him, but... If anything, that should just be hype for T1 fans because it goes, oh, man, these are rookies, right? Mm -hmm. Like, get, Give it a little bit more time. <laughs> There's going to be some awesome series between these two teams come 2022. And who knows, probably even heading into Worlds of 2022, right? So, yeah, at the end of the day, for me, this was a big thing of uh, just Faker versus Showmaker. And they're so dead evenly matched that it just came down to the rest of the team. And 
at the end of the day, Damwon's team was better than T1's. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, this series for me, uh, of the two, I felt was the more uh, exciting and captivating. Um, I felt like uh, T1 really did push Damwon to the brink. Um, that they showed that Damwon is mortal after all. Yeah, um, absolutely. Which I think, which at least for me in terms of the narrative standpoint, uh, is more exciting. I think I would have found it really boring if Damwon just 3 0 their way through um, oh, yeah. everything. Um, and now I'm hopeful that EDG also puts up uh, some level of fight. And because Damwon, you know, got taken down a couple games, um, I am more hopeful that EDG is not just going to roll over. Uh, but that they will actually be able to make this a competitive series. Uh, you know, let's go for a full best of five on the day. Yeah, I mean, why not? More you silver know? scrapes, please. Another silver scrapes would be would be <laughs> very, very good. It would be the second ever full five-game series in world history yeah, for, for sure. finals, right, I believe. Man. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask a question to you guys. So, Domwon, uh, if they are to win the, this finals... Uh, back-to-back champs, um, mostly with the same roster, you know, except for Khan coming in for uh, Naguri. Uh, Showmaker, unquestioned as one of the best players in the world, one of the best mids, maybe the best mid uh, right now. If they win this second World's Final in a row, at what point do we start talking about him you know, starting to challenge Faker for greatest of all time. For me, he still needs this. He needs this championship, and then at minimum, he still needs another, and then at, I'll start. At least another one, maybe another two. I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he, don't get me wrong. He's on the path. He is absolutely on the path. But I, I need him to win this one, and I pretty much need him to win a second one after this one, and then, and then we can start talking. Yeah. No, I agree. Um. Yeah, Curly. What do you think? I think, um, at like, uh, retweeting what you guys said, he is already on the path. Um, I think also in the fact that Faker is such a core part of T1 as a team and has been for a long time, I already think that Showmaker's that for, uh, for Damwon. Like, if you ask me, Damwon wouldn't be Damwon without Showmaker Canyon or Barrel. Yeah. Those are like the three pillars of Damwon. And so if you remove one of those, that big questions for me as to what the team would look like. So um, if he wins this Worlds, that would probably kind of, it wouldn't do it for me, but it would like be that like a huge step there. And then MSI next year and uh, Spring Split, I'm like, honestly, it really depends on how next season folds out because if he keeps performing like he does by the end of next year, I'd say he is. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I do think that the conversation at least can start to kick up. Like, okay, you know what, you know what else is it going to take for us to start really throwing it out there? But I think you know they win this. I feel like you can start really saying showmakers in that top five for greatest all time. Uh, you know, maybe even top three, depending on what your criteria are. Yeah, I was going to say who's two, three, and four. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of names that can go in there. 
Uh, okay. Uh, EDG versus RNG. Um... RNG? You mean Genji? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Genji. <laughs> RNG doesn't exist. Uh, they are a they are a dead team. Um, I wish it had been RNG, but uh, whatever. Hey, uh, you know, I, I think Genji did put up a good game anyway. Um, mm -hmm. So let's yeah, let's talk that one real fast. Uh, another three two. Um, this one was very back and forth, and I felt like this series was very sloppy. Um, you know, a little, little messy here and there. Uh, it just did not feel clean. Like both T1 and Dom1, when they won, it felt very clean. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, they had their advantages, they pressed them, uh, you know, they played to their, the strengths of their comps, uh, etc. But this series <laughs> felt like a real just scrap and brawl, uh, the entire time. And I was not particularly impressed with what i saw uh curly starting with you again here i mean what were your thoughts on this series so yeah i have a lot fresher perspective on this one as i watched four out of the five games today um and it i agree with you it was definitely nowhere near as clean as t1 and damon war <clears throat> because those felt like titans Right. Uh, fighting each other and winning decisively over each other. Whereas this felt like, I don't know, WWE. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching Edge and uh, Triple H duke it out. That's mm, what it was. Where nice. they're both kind of like rough houses. Good they're references big. there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and admittedly, it felt like the series could go either way until that last one where Gen G just kind of like broke. Um, and I want to say like each game to me also felt very flip floppy in it. So because of that, I am very wary of EDG going into this finals. Granted, we were wary last week. I didn't think they had a chance against Gen G uh, and here they are winning them. But like, I don't know when I compare these best of fives, it's, Certainly very different. Very, very different. Yeah, Knox, I mean, what were your thoughts here? I, I know you didn't get to watch uh, much of the series, right? Yeah, I, I think, for, I mean, granted, I've still watched a majority of Gen G and EDG games. Right. But I just didn't catch that series. So I'm based off the one game I did see, and <laughs> extrapolating a little bit off of the games I've seen from group stage. Um, At least for EDG, like, this is a winnable series, right? They're a good team. They're the number one team from China. Uh, I think it's really going to be coming down to stylistic differences. If EDG can force Damwon to play the way that EDG wants to play, the WWE style, come in here, Grand Slam, here it comes kind of thing, EDG can take <laughs> it. But if Damwon gets to play their style, where they're kind of in control but aggressive at the same time, it's probably going to go Damwon's way, right? I like. I'm right. not going to lie. I'm in favor of Damwon this series. Damwon's probably going to take it. But if EDG manages to play to the way that they want to play, it, I'm not ruling them out whatsoever. No, I think that's. Uh, I think that's completely fair. Um, yeah, and we can get into maybe the finals discussion now. Uh, I mean, I, I think this is suddenly a bit 
closer of a finals than maybe people would have thought. Um, like I said, mainly because of, you know, T1 taking two games off of Damwon. Um, EDG seems like they have kind of... I don't, I don't know if ramped up is the word, but I feel like they've gotten a little stronger as the tournament has gone on. Um, so, at least for me, I think the series has gotten closer. Uh, I still lean Damwon, though. Uh, I think they mm-hmm. are the presumptive favorites. But I'm not sure at this point. I don't think it's going to be the 3-0 that I was expecting. Um, and I don't know. I mean... Are you guys still on the Damwon hype train? Uh, or is, have, Knox, I know you've been the EDG hater uh, this whole time. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a little worried that if you predict uh, Damwon to win and that EDG will fail once again, EDG will hear you. <laughs> and that EDG <laughs> will take it personally. Uh, and then my pick of Dom Juan will be ruined. So I, I might need you to pick EDG here to finally have some faith. Uh, what say you? You, you? you know what? Just for you, Sandy, EDG's going to win this. Let me oh, tell you on. why. Let's okay. go. Let right, me yeah, tell you why. Let's All right? I think... Hold on, I got to think. <laughs> it's like uh why are they gonna win they're gonna win because oh, okay. i gotta think about why they're gonna win <laughs> okay legitimately I... let's look at how edg does win this right because mm-hmm. i literally i literally did say a little bit ago edg can win this it mm-hmm. is absolutely possible mm-hmm. the way they go about doing this is it's a huge 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 emphasis on edg's bot lane let viper pop off yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot, a lot of discussion on how Ghost plays and how he operates within the team and whatnot, and how like yeah, technically there are tons of better AD carries out there than Ghost for Damwon, but for the way Dam uh, Ghost operates and plays and synergizes with the team is what Damwon needs. But that means there's a weakness there, at least in the laning phase and other parts of the game that Viper and uh, oh my god, why am I blanking on his support's name? Um, Mako. Mako. Mako, thank you. Yeah, Viper and Mako, they can absolutely uh, capitalize on Ghost and Barrel's laning phase as well as other parts of the game. This, like, it is going to be a high, high emphasis on making sure Viper and Mako can pop off and start carrying the game from there on out. Because I know I don't ever predict Scout beating Showmaker, but you can absolutely hold him in check, right? And then I don't ever really see... Uh, I mean, you can see a world where Flandre can maybe take on one of the games of the series, probably take a game on uh, Khan. It probably, that one's a very back and forth one. I feel like that's very swingy. And then, yeah, just jungle is just going to be going back and forth, trying to like capitalize on wherever they can. Cause I think they're pretty even too. So it's going to come down to, I just really think DK has the strength of showmaker. And then you have EDG. Who's going to really try focus on the bot lane. And if EDG gets that bot lane going, they're going to win it. They will win it if that bot lane gets going. All right. Yeah. All right, Curly. Uh, I feel like you're still leaning Dom one though. 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, okay. I have to imply that I actually think that. <laughs> it's like that wasn't my real. No, no, I know. Uh, you convinced me. Uh, you you know, Nox War <laughs> supporting EDG uh, this weekend. Yeah. You heard it here first. Nice. Good job. Uh, yeah, great, great points. Uh, I really like it. Curly, uh, let's hear some of these Domwon talking points. Well, so before I hop into that, I do want to agree with Nox War. Uh, Viper is a huge strong point um, for EDG. Like, they were a big part of every match that they won um, yesterday. I almost said today because that's when I watched it. But uh, so huge part of that. And so that is the answer. Uh, however, Damwon is just too good. The big thing for me is Damwon came onto the Rift ready for their series. They won the first match, and even though they lost the next two, they turned it back around, because that's what they do. If they win the first one, they'll just win overall. Um, but more importantly, their if I remember correctly, their first match was not nearly as long as EDG's was. EDG's first match was very, very long. I want to say it almost even got to 40 minutes, and it just was very slow, and that showed that EDG, to me, was too slow to wake up, and if they're too slow to wake up on Saturday... Damwon's going to take advantage of that, and then they're going to be playing from behind. Um, and honestly, I expect that to happen regardless, because Damwon, I think they come onto the Rift with a game plan always, no matter who it is. Because I don't think it's just the players. Uh, no team is ever just the players. Whatever that support staff is, is so good at scouting uh, their opponents that they this team seems to be able to like just know everything that the other team is going to do. And, like, even if they lose, they figure out how to pull it back, like I said. So I'm sorry, EDG. Unless you can figure out a way to drag Damwon down to the ring, to WWE from Olympus, I don't know how you're going to get it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like Damwon is just too clean of a team. Uh, and EDG, even, even though they've somehow managed to scrape out these wins... Uh, I think they're just too, yeah, it's just too sloppy. It's too, too messy. Um, I mean, that's not to say that they are not a, you know, technically precise team. I think they are. But in the relative comparison to how Damwon plays, uh, I just think Damwon has an extreme advantage in terms of macro, uh, in terms of laning. Um, I mean, like, who do you want? Showmaker or Scout? Who do you want? You know, Khan or Flandre? Who do you want? Canyon or JJ? I mean, just those three alone. I think the bot lane might be up for debate. I think Viper's a very, very good AD carry, um, especially in comparison to Ghost. But I think on paper, Damwon just has so much of the advantage, uh, especially their, I feel like their drafting uh, has looked really good uh, this tournament. They play what they are good at. They don't try to do things that they are clearly uncomfortable on, um, and they execute. And so that's why I have them. Let's get some scoreline predictions, starting with Nox. Uh, how bad is EDG going to roll over Damwon? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really forcing you into this corner. You're really trying to I'm push really this. Forced, Nox supports EDG I'm, I'm narrative really so hard. To, uh, you know, inflame this narrative oh, that my you're uh, that you're seeing EDG as a potential winner. E e EDG will win this one three. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, the old reverse scoreline victory. The rarely seen uh, reverse psychology win. It'll be the first time ever in finals history. Yes. Watch uh, it live. You won't want to miss it. Showmaker will be taking down the Nexus in game four. And then Ghost will jokingly write out a slash FF. All the players will trollingly accept it. And then Showmaker's mental will be so broken that he won't even be able to come back out on the stage. And uh, EDG will win. That is, uh, that's how it will happen. Yeah. Are you even, like, allowed to FF? In, like, you are, I, I don't think you're I don't, I don't think you're actually allowed to FF, so. <laughs> oh, man. What a time that would be. That would be a time. Curly, uh, we've heard the 1-3 win for EDG. How about you? Uh, where do you see Damwon going here? I'm ahead him with the three one. Um, much like uh, wasn't it three one last year against Suning? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So it's gonna be like that. I feel like it's gonna be a little bit spicier than Suning was. Suning was just kind of sad because like Suning had been so hyped up, and then all of a sudden, Rangar pick was pretty sick. I'm just saying <laughs> that game three Rangar pick. I love that. True. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I totally remember all of the uh, picks from last year. Yep. <laughs> uh, I am also going to go uh, 3-1. One other thing I'm going to say is that sometimes I feel like... Now, I literally just asked you guys for score lines, but sometimes I feel like asking, predicting score lines uh, is only so much. So I'm gonna. what I'm really going to say is 75-25 for Dom Juan. I think that's... Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bit more accurate as to representation of how I feel this series lies. If you guys want to give a quick percentage. Uh, 80, 20. For for EDG? Yeah. (laughs) For EDG. Solid, uh, 25, 75. All right. Yeah. We are on the (laughs) same page. Excellent. Well, that is world's finals. Uh, that is this Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, don't worry, West Coast. Live people. on the West, yeah. If don't worry, West Coasters. Uh, just one more ride, one more ride at five in the morning, and then it is over. Uh, and then you can look forward to Worlds being in North America next year. All right. I'm so hyped for that, dude. I'm oh, so ready. For I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the uh, to the flight check hot tub stream that will most definitely occur. Um, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> you I'm know it, you, Yara. Yeah, you know that's gonna have to happen. Um, all right. <laughs> Lots. Meanwhile, in the rest of the uh, league scene, uh, roster rumors are already thick and flying, and we haven't even put worlds to bed yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So lots going on. We're going to focus on some of the LCS rumors first, and then we'll discuss the very juicy FlyQuest news. So we'll just hit on some of the interesting stuff that's relevant to LCS, mainly because it might affect how uh, FlyQuest does in terms of relative, you know, power ranking, you know, things like that. So right now, like two of the the two big things that are in my mind are the reports that. Alfari and Perks are leaving LCS to go back to LEC. Um, So you could argue 
that it doesn't really matter who TL and Cloud9 get to replace those players. It's probably going to be some level of downgrade uh, in return, depending on who they get. Um, unless one of, unless like C9 gets, uh, Bjergsen. Bjergsen. I was going to say, that's the one stipulation I have. Or TL gets Bjergsen and then Jensen does the swap to ADC. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, or maybe evil geniuses will sign Bjergsen. Who knows? That's what I'm kind of holding out hope for. Um, I'd love to see that one. Um, but so that's big just because that is going to really shake up some hierarchies uh you know i think those those teams in particular losing those players are going to really look to make big splash signings um you know namely bjergsen uh the ts speaking of bjergsen the tsm news bjergsen was offered uh, a contract by tsm but not coming back um to them he's going to play for another team and in the video from Reggie, uh, seems like they are going to, and in an AMA, they're going to keep Huni and Spica, but look to uh, build up a team focused more towards the future. So less of the big, splashy import signings from TSM. So TSM might not be a power powerhouse, you know, top four, top five team uh, next year. Uh, I don't know what y'all's thoughts were on that. Knox. I mean, TSM usually going for the big players, uh, but maybe not so this year. So y- y'all ready to go for me to go full Charlie Day from like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Let's go. Yes, Knox. I need Sylvia. I need the whiteboard. I need uh, yeah. I need the the bloodshot eyes. All of it. So. All right. So. See, see, see if y'all can follow along with me here. Okay? So <laughs> let's go under the assumption that Team Liquid acquires Bjergsen, right? So that means you have Jensen moving down to the bot lane, mm-hmm. which means they're losing tactical, right? So you have to go look at the list of 80 carries that are currently in the NALCS, in which case you go look at 100 Thieves who finished first. They have FBI, probably not going to get rid of them. You have Cloud9 with Zven, who, I mean, maybe possible, who knows, but at the same time, it's Zven. He's still a solid AD carry. I don't think he's that great, but whatever. It's, it's kind of a hard trade-off, right? You look at TSM, who you yourself just said, we're not really looking to go hard next year. We're probably going to do some development stuff. So, I mean, Tactical could go there maybe, but if TSM's sitting here saying, nah, we're going to take some time to develop, maybe he doesn't go there. So then you go look at the next team, Evil Geniuses. They have Danny, who's looked great last year. They're probably not going to go pick him up yet. Then you go look at the sixth place team. You got Dignitas. They have Neo, who they've already said, hey, we're going to build around him. So they're probably not going to drop him. So then you get down to us, Immortals, Golden Guardians, and CLG. Those are probably the big four most likely offers for tactical to go to, which is absolutely insane to me, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what one point of discussion is, does FlyQuest shell out money for tactical? <laughs> what do you guys think on that one point? And then I'll continue on the, the whiteboard train. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say that 
I feel like people got this idea of FlyQuest as a an org that is not going to spend a lot of money. Um, but I want to remind everyone that we literally bought three players from Cloud9 last year. We bought Licorice, Palafox, and Diamond. N- you know, two highly touted prospects and a, you know, purportedly star player. Um, you know, we know how those signings panned out, but mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. Uh, FlyQuest has cash reserves. Uh, <laughs> they are a funded team. You know, they have an NBA team backing them. You know, like, it's not like they are, uh, you know, a budget roster. Uh, you know, they're not a Dignitas. They're not an Immortals. They're certainly not a Golden Guardians. Um, I think they have the cash. So, all that to say, yeah, they could shell out money for uh, Tactical. I would actually be very okay with a FlyQuest Tactical. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Um, Curly, I mean, what are your, uh, what's your feelings on, on shelling out money? (laughs) Shelling out money for tactical? I mean, fly tactical does sound pretty spicy. That would be an interesting boost to the, uh, power of the uh, roster. Um, I guess my big question is what we would do for this support, but I'm guessing we'll get into that later. Um, but... Yeah, fly tactical. That would uh that would be quite the graphic to see. For sure. All right, Max, so, keep going yeah, on the whiteboard. Yeah. Let me add one last point to that. Golden Guardians also has a very huge up and coming AD carry on their academy roster who a lot Prismal. of people are thinking Prismal, yes, who mm-hmm. may get the promotion. So really that kind of narrows it down to 3. Mm-hmm. Immortals, us and CLG. So kind of just keep that in mind. Um, going back all the way up to Bjergsen, though. I know, going... I know which of those three orgs sounds the most appealing, if I'm being honest. <laughs> CLG, right? Uh, uh, yes, totally. CLG. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be featured in the Bud Light uh, sponsored content, right? Hey, man. Free beer comes in clutch. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're trying to, uh, you know, drown your sorrows over losing 10 <laughs> Um, so going back to the Cloud9 option, so Bjerg ends up going to Cloud9, because that's also still a legitimate offer on the table, right? Mm -hmm. Perks leaves, and then you have just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, that one kind of just stops there, right? Yeah, that's like a short. Yeah, that's kind of the short end. (laughs) So, 100 Thieves, I don't really foresee making any huge roster changes. Uh, team Li- so trying to think like what uh, like Team Liquid's probably looking to pick. Yeah, I don't know. It gets so complicated that and I had I have this whole chart that I don't have with me right now that I'm like okay here's where all these people can go. So I guess let's go back to focusing on FlyQuest. Is that, mm-hmm. is that where we need to go? So yeah. that way I don't just yeah. start mumbling. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Um. So there's a, there's the 180 carry option for FlyQuest, right? We can look at tactical. Obviously, we're looking at keeping Johnson or Tomo. That's a possible possibility as well. Uh, and then, holy crap, my brain just fried, guys. <laughs> you went so far into the... You, you, you were so deep. So deep into Sylvia it. got to me. He got lost. Sylvia got to me. He got lost. I, yeah, I got lost. Knox were the lost. It, it's happened, guys. I'm gone. Goodbye. Gonzo. Lost, you mean the uh, ADC for 
PSN? <laughs> please no. <laughs> please, please no. Fly lost? Question mark. Uh, oh. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Sorry. I I just my brain fried. So what was the original way we were heading down this? I don't know, man. This was your uh, Charlie. I, this I know. Was I, your... I, I crashed, I, this <laughs> was your... right now. I'm sorry. This was your pitch. All right. Let's uh, let's run it back then. Uh, <laughs> let's roll. Let's pull pull things back. Uh, and just we were on some like just LCS rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big ones: Afari Perks, Bjergsen Leaping. leaving. We haven't really yeah. heard uh, any other huge ones yet. Um, mm-hmm. The FlyQuest rumors that have come out slash news. Uh, news so far is, uh, we touched on it last week, Kanani and Triple uh, both uh, exploring options, allowed to explore options. And then in this past week, including today, Palafox and Diamond announced that they have been allowed to explore options. This is important because of the big rumor and the reason why everyone's excited to talk about it. The rumor from LEC Wulu himself, the sheep, the Fabrizio, or what is it? What does he call himself? The Fabrizio Romano. Fabrizio Romano of, of LEC. Of, of LEC. Uh, the sheep man himself uh, saying that FlyQuest will be signing Tukui. Mm-hmm. The French LFL mid laner, previously uh, playing for Game Ward, I believe. Um, a the spring LFL MVP, uh, and probably a top three mid in that league. Uh, from all accounts, a highly regarded prospect, someone that uh, many folks were hoping would show up in LEC soon um and get their shot there and that is the big news because that changes a lot of things um it now makes sense as to why palafox and triple might be looking to explore their options um and yeah so that's the big thing now nox what do we know about takui you have been watching a lot of his games uh, I believe from this past summer split. So yes. talk to us about what you have seen uh, from this man. So I'm not done watching. Let me clarify that. I'm 11 games in out of 18. So I got another seven to go. Um, from what I've seen so far, though, he he operates well around pressure especially when he has, like, shove in the mid lane. If he can get shoves in the mid lane via champion pick or whatever it may be, if he just gets counter pick or whatever, he usually does a great job of applying pressure on the map onto the side lanes and making sure that his side lanes can get better prio so that way they can continue to shove in, which allows his jungler to be able to maneuver the map better. Um, it's kind of interesting, though, because a lot of the uh, picks that I went through Actually, let me pull up my Google Sheet that I was making real quick just to make sure I'm not spewing wrong statistics. Um, but he had a very small number of counter picks. He was mainly just like comfort pick, not, not even comfort pick. So he had a total of 
four games where he picked after the opposing middle, mid laner out of 18. So he only had four that were even possibly considered counter picks, right? Mm, yes. Every, the other 14 games, he picked before the other mid laner, which is crazy to me because if he's going to play a style where it's like, okay, if I get the shove, I can get to roam, and then by roaming, I get to make sure that my side lanes get the prio that they need so that way they can continue to push in so that my junglers can invade or make sure that my laners are safe or whatever it may be, right? And then he, he's doing this with only champions that he's picked beforehand. He doesn't get the counter. He doesn't get the win, winning lane matchups that he wants all the time. So, like, that's something that you should absolutely look for as he's coming into FlyQuest, if he comes into FlyQuest, because it's not confirmed. Um, <laughs> that's probably, like, the biggest strength he has. He's great at making sure he has pressure right. where he needs to put it. Um I will say, though, outside of making sure, like, because the roaming aspect of his what he's good at, from what I've seen. His actual laning phase, like, if he's on champions like Lucian or whatever, he's usually, like, okay, he gets a CS lead, but he doesn't really push his advantage that much. He'll, he'll roam, he'll kind of make sure his side lanes are making sure they're not getting, like, pushed in too hard or making sure that they can push in, whatever it may be. But he doesn't ever really continue his advantage that much from what I've seen. And that's kind of something I want to see more of. As I've continued watching games, it's been showing like he's getting a little bit better. Like he was kind of almost improving over the course of the summer split. But yeah. I need to see more. I haven't seen enough of it. Because a lot of times he kind of gets that CS advantage. He's making sure the opposing mid laner shoved under tower so that they can't roam, which is great. But then he'll roam, kind of make sure, hey, you guys good? You chat? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And then goes back to mid lane and can just marginal CS lead. Which is great and all, which is probably a lot of the reason why a lot of people look at his like statistics and stuff, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, his numbers look good," because his numbers are good. But in the context of the game, he's not really making it actually good for his team that much. Right. Um. So that's kind of what I've noticed so far. That's kind of like my biggest gripe about him is he's not really continuing the advantages he does get. He doesn't really ever push. And there's been a couple games where he's been, he's even had resources thrown mid for him. Like, either via the Rift Herald or, like, just the bot lane roaming up and the jungler coming up and making sure the mid gets shoved in, they get some tower plates, and they can back just to get him, like, funneled some money. Yeah. And he still doesn't really push it that much. Um, so that, that'll be the, kind of the main thing coming over here to NA. Like, I want to see that what he gets an advantage, because he shows that he can get it. Like, he's good enough laner that he can do it. But I need to see him actually be able to push his advantage when he gets it, because I haven't really seen it all that much outside of maybe, like, I think three games out of the 11 that I've seen, I, I, I need to see more. That's kind of my overall general consensus so far. I still have seven more games to watch. Don't take it as a holy end-all, be-all. He looks okay. I can see a reason why FlyQuest was eyeing on him. Eyeing him. I'm not sold yet, though. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> great, Alrighty. great breakdown. Yeah. Uh, Curly, hearing all that, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I mean, I've got two thoughts right off the bat. Number one, you know I love me a good EU import. Um, <laughs> so coming from the LFL, yes, please. Um, yeah, LFL has fact, good players. And if he's the MVP of that, I am even more for it, especially because, like, as a Fnatic fan, when Adam joined, watching him over the split, even in his, like, Sometimes more questionable moments. I was still very satisfied with his play. So if you've got someone like that just in the mid lane for us, perfect. I'm here for it. Um, I think um, everything you talked about with him not using resources that might be given to him or pressing advantages, 
I think that's going to come down to whoever is coaching him to be like, hey, you need to be the star when you are the star. Um, Because that's something that's honestly, I think, easily fixable. He's just got to be like, all right, I can be a little bit selfish. I can be the carry of this team. Um, Not in the fact that I'm picking people up, but I'm making such a tentpole that it doesn't matter where they fall. Um, uh, But I also like that he does roam because I think mid laners that are able to move around the map uh, very, very good for a team. And I think very good for FlyQuest style, especially if you go into the promo boys weeks where uh, every move was a very decisive move around the map. I think if you're, if I'm interpreting um, Dekui's playstyle correctly, it would fit in excellently with that FlyQuest decisiveness, at least from that week. Um, So uh, that person makes me very hype. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, it's exciting news for sure. Um, I think the main thought that I've had about it all is it's interesting that we are so willing to move, if the, if the rumor is true, of course, that we are willing to move on from Palafox so quickly after a year. Um, I think it shows a few things. One, um, I'm not sure that it shows management faith in Palafox being the player we need to get back to Worlds. Because I think that's probably, that's the goal of the orc, right, is get back to Worlds. We've been there once, we've done it before, we can do it again. Um, so by looking to sign a new mid laner who presumably would start, it seems clear that there's no room for Palafox on this roster. You're not going to send Palafox back down to your Academy team. Um, he's clearly too good for Academy. You know, he's looking for an LCS spot. I hope he can find one. I'm not sure how much room there is for him in the league, but... Uh, I think he's got options. I think he has options. He wants to take them. Yeah, I think he has options. There's plenty of options for him to take. Um, So, it also raises a question of what have we, and it it goes hand in hand with uh, with Diamond making his post today about, you know, looking to explore options. In hindsight, the triple signing uh from cloud nine does not look very good <laughs> if, no it does not if after uh less than a full season we traded one of the players to another team and the other two the prospects uh spent a season here and are now looking to explore their options elsewhere um now Like, I might be viewing this from a traditional sports lens where that kind of, like, churning and, like, moving through people might not look so good. So, like, for example, if the Washington Nationals, you know, had – this year they traded to the L.A. Dodgers, like, two of their star players and got a bunch of prospects in return, right, because they're looking to build towards the future. 
um, and whatnot. Now, thankfully, uh, the two star players, uh, the prospects that they traded for, the two best ones, uh, look really good and look, you know, look as advertised. However, if one or both of them came up and looked like trash and then, you know, we cut those guys at the end of the season or they don't make the roster after spring training next year, that trade in hindsight is going to look awful. Okay, we just sent away two star, you know, top 25 players in the league away for two rookies who are, you know, not doing anything. So, it's a bit concerning to me that we are so willing to just move on so quickly from these players that we purportedly probably spent a lot of money on. Curly, it looks like you've got something you want to say there. Well, <clears throat> the thing about it is is you have to dive into who initiated this. Because as it is, the tweets, as per usual, go, I'm still under contract, but I've been allowed to pursue options. Now, with Kanani, we all assumed FlyQuest was like, hey, move on, kid. Um, <laughs> but with Palafox and Diamond, I'm not quite as sure. You, you don't, especially because we're not on in the room where it happens, we don't know who's like, hey... We think it's time you look at other things just in case. Like, was, <clears throat> was FlyQuest management like Diamond Palafox? Um, we're not sure we want to hold on, but we don't want you to be left without a team. Go ahead and start looking. Or was Dime, or Diamond and Palafox like, hey, I appreciated my time here, but I don't think it's the right place. Hmm. And that's just an like questions we don't know the answer to. So it's difficult to assume which side it comes from because admittedly you have to respect both. Um, because if the player is like, hey, I want to leave, that can mean a few things. Maybe they just don't like the way FlyQuest runs. Maybe they think that they can just help another team better. You, you don't know. If it's management moving on, then I'm definitely... I personally would hold some big issues with that, especially as you said, they it was part of this big triple deal. And if we're pushing them out the door after one season, it's like, well, why did we even bother making that trade? You know? <clears throat> um of course, you could argue with the fact that our whole team left and maybe they were just trying to fill the spots that they could. Mm. Um, and maybe they knew this would probably only be a one season thing and the longer contracts were just in case it turned out better than it did. Um, and it didn't. So it, it's very difficult for me to gauge how to feel about this. Uh, I will say I personally really want to hold on to Diamond. I think he got kind of he didn't get his shot properly because spring season he was just a scapegoat and then he spent half a summer in academy um, and then he had to try and pick up the pieces of a losing LCS roster and it, it just it worked for a week so I personally if we can hold on to diamond I would love to see that especially if the whole wild um, idea of fly tactical um is there because i think tactical is a good individual player mm. um that diamond would be allowed to shot call with his top lane or whoever that may be because right now we still have kumo but you never know it's the offseason crazy shit can happen <laughs> so if diamond and kumo can work together with just assuming tactical i think that could mean great things for the team especially if we do get a player like takui coming in and jose diodo 
I think Jose Diodo season two is also just going to be better than season one because I think a lot of offseason is going to be, no matter what the roster is, work on figuring out how we're going to be a proper team. But I don't know. It's I'm very wishy-washy with this. Whereas Palafox, because I t- touched on Diamond, Palafox, I do want the best for him. I feel bad saying this. I don't anticipate he gets an LCS spot unless maybe CLG approaches him. Um, That is like the only org I see that might look at him. And and I don't know. It's not anything to do with Palafox's uh, performance. It's just looking at the mid laners that are out there in the world, you know? Yeah. No, I I think that's, uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, just looking at the other mid laners that are there, I feel like Golden Guardians probably going to stick with you know Blaze Olive. Uh, Dignitas might be uh, an option for him uh, because they're a bit. I feel like that team was a bit of a mess. They might be looking to reset, you know, move on from Yusui or Saligo. Uh, don't don't let Tom Shu hear that. What what, um, what what happened to Saligo? Still don't know. Yeah, we what still we happened. Honestly, I might not want him to go to Dignitas because it just seems like a mess. Ironically, not ironically, but I maybe ironically for me to say this, I would be okay with him going to CLG because CLG finally has a person in management over there, uh Greg Kim, who was previously uh in charge over at evil geniuses and greg kim is somebody who i could is somebody that i trust in the scene um at least from what i've seen of him um and i feel like palafox could do well there i feel like greg is looking to really change the culture of clg and the uh kind of the community perception of them as a team uh and i i wonder if palafox could be a good a good move uh for them uh yeah other aspects of this uh of these you know moves and things a triple maybe we can talk about a little bit more in light of the tukui news um and palafox you know another guy who i think a lot you know all three of us would love to see get a shot in lcs it's just a question of like is there space um you know, I I don't want him to go back to Ost, but maybe his best chance of starting is back in the LCO um, at this point, just because there's so many, there's only so many teams, and many. I mean, if you just look at the, uh, just look at the teams. So like, uh, I mean, TSM could actually, if you think about it, TSM might be a possible. Um, space for these guys for, to go for triple or palafox yeah i mean because no beards that would in. be wild i'm i'm assuming poe is not staying either although maybe you know they'll try to get him but i feel like he's gonna he's gonna move on uh 100 thieves they've got abadage uh evil geniuses is jojo pune's uh eligible he's not old enough not old not enough yet. so either they do another year of jizuke Ooh. maybe that's a place for them to go or EG Palafox, EG Triple, that'd be wild. Uh, Cloud Nine probably looking to sign Bjergsen. Uh, I mean, it, it, I think a lot of it depends on where Bjergsen goes. Um, but I, I mean, looking at this now, maybe there's more space for these guys than I thought. CLG, 
I, th I think Golden Guardians wants to stick with the Blaze Olive. Immortals probably wants to stick with Insanity. But you've got CLG, Dig, maybe EG in a very weird world would go for him. But I feel like they're going to really try to spend maybe TSM if they're looking to build a team uh, towards the future. So I think there's certainly options uh, for these guys. But, I mean, Knox, I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on what I was talking about earlier um, with, you know, we signed these three players, uh, Licko, Pala, Diamond, and here we are a year later, one of them's definitely gone, and the other two are looking like they're trying to find, uh, figure out what's next. Um, that's not necessarily great, in my opinion, just in terms of, you know, being able to s find good talent, sign them, and, you know, turn them into stars. Yeah, um, my, my kind of basic philosophy on players coming to orgs is, like, it's on the org to make sure that they find the stepping stones to succeed, right? Um, clearly on Cloud9 when they were on the Academy squad, and obviously when Licorice was on the actual main squad for Cloud9, like, they were given the tools to succeed. I've talked about this a couple of different times when I was referring to these players. Especially Palafox, I don't think was ever given the tools to succeed this past season, which mm. sucks. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. It, it was in hindsight now, it was a terrible deal. But like, we don't have anyone else to blame but ourselves. I, in my opinion. I think it was on us to continue to develop these players and make sure they were given the tools they needed to do what they had to do to succeed. And I don't think we ever got the chance to do that, which is why even back in like halfway through summer, we were talking about like, man, maybe like, cause I don't think anyone ever like, don't get me wrong. Like there was times where the players were kind of doing bad stuff and it was like, Oh, okay. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of it was like the overall arching thought of like, man, I wish like the coaching staff would kind of step in and like, help these guys do something because like something's got to change everything like because week after week it just looked the same right it was just okay we're kind of having some map like lack of map movement we have some like okay moments in lane and then we just kind of get crumbled upon it was kind of like the reoccurring story over and over again in which case that's not really the players like that's stuff like you just have to teach you mm -hmm. like you have to teach them that you have to sit them down and have them understand Here's how you have to play the game, okay? Because you can't just play this like solo queue, which is kind of what it felt like a lot of times, especially that Cloud9 match where we got like almost perfect game. No, not even almost. We were perfect game. Stuff like that, like it's just, I don't know. Like I, I, it really does feel to me like it falls on the org to help them develop and continue to grow. And I don't think FlyQuest, unfortunately, really did that for this year for those those guys. Especially Licorice, who the moment he left to Golden Guardians, he looked like a whole new man, right? He looked great <laughs> yeah. on that squad. Yeah. Um, so I like more than anything, I think there was something in that team environment. Not that it was necessarily toxic, but it was just there was something that wasn't clicking. And at that point, I kind of expect the FlyQuest organization to go and say, "Hey, clearly something's not right with the coaching aspect of it," because I, that's that's where it should be coming from, right? It's not yeah. it's not the back office staff. It's not the players, it's that coaching staff. And yeah. I expect the FlyQuest organization to come and say, hey, you're not doing your job because so clearly something's not changing and the org never did that. So 
I, yeah, I, I don't think I really want to put the blame on the players too much. I think they have the capabilities to succeed wherever they go, which is why I'm very excited that no matter what team they go to, I'm going to cheer for them, and I have a good feeling that they're going to do well. But, yeah, until something changes with the coaching staff, which, I mean, it looks looking like FlyQuest is going to do, I like I don't see a point in keeping these players either. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> No, no, that, like no. Keep going off on rants. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That was no. I mean, it's it's not a rant. It's just you, you're just you know thinking, and I I think it's good to have these discussions because we have to be honest, um, you know, with our thoughts about the org and the moves they make. You know, otherwise we're not fans. We're not doing, you know, the right thing in making content around the team. Right. We've got to for sure. You know, actually talk about you know whether or not a move was. A failure or not um you know and uh maybe maybe we could get uh you know a certain general manager uh on the show to discuss moves and things like that that might be a, a fun time someday potentially, um, potentially <laughs> theoretically um yeah i think i mean i think uh i think i'm in agreement here Knox. i think there's two there's two takeaways for me. It's one, yes, if the players are clearly not producing in the way that we expected them to, then we need to move on. Uh, the licorice trade, you know, opened up the door for Kumo to come in, get reps on the main squad team, move licorice to a better place uh, for him, for, you know, just his playstyle things like that I mean, we've, we've joked that it was the best you know the best breakup uh in lcs history um you know more than a few times uh but then palafox and diamond not working out uh i mean sometimes you take shots on prospects and they don't work out i mean how many times have we seen rookies come into the lcs and they just kind of flame out after one season you know they were they're really they stomp academy and then they just can't compete in LCS. Um, you know, it, it's it's not it's a big jump. I think a lot of times players talk about how big of a gap there really is between academy and LCS, um, and sometimes the players just aren't ready to make that move. Um, I am hopeful. I would really prefer Diamond stays with the team. Um, I would really really prefer that. I don't really want to see him go. Um, so the, so there's that. And then the second point for me, at least, is that, uh, this does the whole, you know, the way these signings worked out does raise questions for me. You're like, okay, if we have something similar occur where we, you know, make a big signing, some kind of prospect player or whatnot, and they don't pan out. You know, that does not look good on, you know, management and, you know, staff in terms of finding players, you know, whose job it is to find players that are good, that fit the scheme, that fit the culture, and bring them on board. So, absolutely not saying, okay, done with this, you know, management team, done with this, with these staff, mm -hmm. staffing folks. However, I will be keeping an eye out over the course of the next season, okay, are we having similar issues where 
we can't seem to find the prospects we need um, to find the good players that we need to bring in. Um, I'm hopeful that NXI in a year or two is a top, you know, top four, top five jungler in LCS. Um, And, you know, I think he's a great player and I'm really excited to see, you know, what he can do. Um, You know, I think we've got some tough decisions to make uh, all across the roster. And I'll be fascinated to see what happens on November 15th, which is when the free agency window opens up. Uh, Do we know what time that happens? Is it like a particular time or? You know, I don't remember. Uh, maybe it's like six o'clock at night. I, I, as I recall the last time uh, when they did all their big streams, it, it opened up at night, if I recall correctly. Because I think they try to time it so that um, owners can also get in contact with uh, Asian players. Uh, so if they're trying to get in contact with Korean players or whatnot. So the Europeans are just SOL, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Uh, you know, so Europeans that, don't get to sleep at yeah, all. Yeah, Europeans don't get to sleep. Uh, it's truly <laughs> unfortunate for them. Uh, okay, uh, any final things that we want to uh, hit on? In terms of FlyQuest news, rumors, I, I do just, I just want to kind of build upon a point that Knox was uh, getting to, and I'll try to be quick about it. When it comes to uh, the players not getting the resources they need, because um, you talked about the management, and that's definitely something that maybe like we need to make sure we keep an eye on. But for me, I you've heard me say this on the show before. I really want to make sure we invest in a solid support staff for this team whatever the like whatever roster we go with we need to make sure they have the people um that can help them do what they need to do on the rift because a good team isn't just your five players and your coaches it's everyone it's your analysts it's someone to make sure that your uh players are okay mentally um like i think this first first time i brought this up it was back in july or august i had just seen a video from fanatic where it's like they read flame uh from people on the internet but then they brought in their like player mental health specialist and they talked about like the importance of making sure players are able to have conversations about their issues like make sure we have that support staff where players feel like they are part of this environment they Mm. can figure out how to work together they can get over their stuff all that just make sure flyquest is a team that players want to be on, and I think that will reflect on the rift, regardless of who we get. No, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, is that the players on the stage? You know, they might be good, but they can also be improved by the people behind them. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to see what kind of coaching staff we can build out. Uh, you know, what kind of support staff we can give them to you know, just really succeed, uh, you know, because I, I would guarantee you that nobody in the org, you know, from coaching to management to the players to ownership uh, was satisfied with a ninth place finish. Um, you know, it's not like they're sitting there like, yeah, okay, we're fine with this. Um, <laughs> no, no, not at all. You know, uh, so there, I I have a feeling, my, my gut is telling me that, we are going to be aggressive in the offseason and make some really cool moves, which I think 
signing Takui would be a cool move because it's like it's not somebody that you immediately think of, you know, when you're looking for players to sign. It's not like, you know, it's not the Han Sama. It's not Karzi. It's not Reckless. You know, it's like I want us to find players that are good but, you know, are not going to also break the bank when it comes to, um, you know, signing. So so that's all there is to say. Knox, do you have any final things you want to say about roster rumors, things like that? Uh, we're only just now getting into it. I, I'm sure I will have much more longer monologues next week. <laughs> <laughs> I live for Knox War monologues. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about doing this show is listening two people talk about something they're passionate about you know that's uh that's why we're here we're all passionate about this we love talking about this team we love talking league of legandos uh so (laughs) so uh with that uh thank you all so much for watching uh, season 1.5 episode 6 of flight check this should be really the last flight check international episode because uh, Worlds will be over uh, by this time next week. Uh, finals, real quick. Yeah, we'll we'll still have finals to talk about. It'll be it'll be Flight Check International, uh, the plane ride home. That's what it'll be. Um, you know, back coming back from the airport. Um, yeah. So next week, uh, hopefully, more roster stuff to discuss. Maybe a bit more off-season discussion. I think we can really get into a little bit of bit more of the armchair GM talk i think should be a good time Alrighty, uh this show every monday night uh 7 30 p.m eastern time right here twitch.tv slash check crew vod will be up on youtube and also here uh on twitch if you prefer watching vods on twitch i don't know why you would you're probably some kind of sociopath if you do like watching vods on twitch yeah. if i'm being honest. way to alienate yeah. our vod watchers oh my god Sandy. who watches vods on twitch it's the most horrible Yo, user no. experience are you kidding me now sometimes you like sometimes there's something you missed you know it's not going to be outsourced to be a youtube video so you're like all right i'll watch the youtube i don't know the twitch I've, VOD. I've been seeing a lot of streamers recently just upload their entire vod on youtube i know ludwig does this now atriox started doing it like uh, streamers are just putting their entire vod up on youtube now so that's crazy i mean, I mean technically we do that too we technically we mind. do too it's, it's, yeah because that's what would... <laughs> but we're not getting thirty thousand, you know uh viewers per stream Maybe oh my God. no Maybe not but, yet but the 15 people who do watch we love you and we, we care for you thank, thank you. you we love you all very much uh show will be up on all of your favorite uh, oh my god sandy networks <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome i love we we love uh alienating people on this show it's uh we, we've done it with hundred talk I mean, just just shh, move on move on all right We're moving on first. uh our hr is about to have a conversation with yeah me. i'm getting i'm getting like pulled away right now um <laughs> what else is there to say thank you all so much for watching uh any final shout outs or plugs from you fellas um, I was going to say, prepare for a live stream, not like a podcast, a live stream on the actual free agency window from us, uh, for yep. FlyQuest yep. people. Like we're going to be sitting here chatting with y'all talking about all the moves that are happening, all the signings that are happening. We'll be discussing stuff live. That should be November 15th on Monday. So it'll be perfect because it'll be our normal time. Yeah. Uh, 
can come sit and chat in our channel and we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll have a good old time about it. Yep, it'll be good. Curly, how I'm going to make some coffee and tea for that. Uh, how about me? Um, I, 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 number one, uh, shout out to you guys. You guys had some real good costumes, made an entertaining <laughs> start to my Saturday night. Um, also, just we always link those in the Discord. Absolutely. We should drop. We will. They we are will. dropping in the Flight Check Discord post show. So uh, make sure you're in it so you can see our wonderful costumes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, <clears throat> let's see who else. Shout out to Road Roller for his very, very wonderful Tim Kench Halloween contest. Mm. Uh, it was very fun making Bewitching for that. Uh, and so a nice little bit of community interaction based around Tim Kench. It's one of my favorite things about FlyQuest. I've said it before. I've said it again. Tim Kench is great. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, and then shout out to just all the listeners and the people that make it so, like, we keep doing this. Because uh, today I'm going to be real. Like, it was started off a little rough mentally, but, like, I kept looking forward to this, and the fact that you guys are on the other side just makes it all worth it. Aw. Aw, that is very sweet. Uh, glad to hear it. Um, love chatting with you as well. Uh, my shout out tonight goes to Harrison Butker. Please kick a field goal uh, so I can. And don't miss any extra points. Wait, wait, uh, hold on. Who, who do I plan? I have someone planned. I, I need, I'm, like, I'm literally two points down. Uh, I just literally need him to kick one field goal. That's all. Uh, all I welcome. request is one field goal. One field goal, please. Well, Welcome to the oh, part I, of the show where Curly doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I, 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 I got Daryl Williams. I need him to score four more points and I win. Oh, That's all I need. You know what? I think we are both walking away with dubs this evening. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it'll be a good evening for us, Sandy. Let's, I think we'll I, be we're, feeling we're good. Yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> I'm gonna go make some pasta. You know, it's just going to be uh, – shout out to – yeah, shout out to pasta. Uh, the real <laughs> – the real, the real homie. Honestly, you know, everyone in their lives has a carry. Sometimes I think pasta is my carry. So potatoes are my carry. Potatoes are your carry. So it, it just knocks. What's your food carry? Pasta and potatoes are both good, though. Yeah, you can use. Hey, you can have. You can have both. You know These aren't exclusive want? contracts. Yeah, I'll, I'll have. Because you can make pasta gnocchi? and uh, Gnocchi is his carry. It's, that way, he gets pasta. pasta. <laughs> it's literally potato pasta. It's the best of both worlds. What could Genius. go wrong? Amazing. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been Flight Check Season 1.5, Episode 6. Thank you so much for watching. We will see you all next week with a brand new episode. Until then, stay safe out there. Have a great time. Don't forget to hit the head on the nail. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Adios. Come on, guys. Peace, y'all.